Crouch Fam 232, welcome. Extra episode this week. Don't know how long we're going to continue to do this, but ideally, we're looking at the previews today. We're looking ahead. We're looking at the future of the kickoff clash. Uh, Avril had to take a wait, wait, wait. minor. I want to I wanna give the viewers the visual experience of realizing that Avril isn't actually just holding the stare. It's a still image. Did you did okay. you did you did you believe it? Did you double take for five seconds? Is he is he still going? Is he going to move? He may he may this... move. You have to keep an eye on him. He's a wily one. His mind is blown by the games this this week, Joe. It's true. We have. I think we had some bangers last week. I think majority of those felt very you know uh, cut cut and dry for the most part. However, with some of the circle of suck that has uh, cropped up in, you know, the season and with Overwatch 2 and with some of these other, you know, scrim bucks and maybe some form running around uh, week two looking a little bit tighter. But before we get into that, we do have to thank our patron producers and episode 232 of Tactical Crouch is brought to you by Avril Vista, baby. Uh, Battle Crab, Refined Bean, Bronze Spot, Buhau, Achare, Commissioner Picasso, Chris R34444, Cautious CC7, Lil Shin, Porkchop, Sammy, Rexane, Ballmel Smooth Nuts, which shout outs to you, um, and Your Misery. Thank you so much for supporting the show and the those who tuned in to the co-stream live. Yiska, week two. That me. We're starting off mm -hmm. with kind of a sleeper game. It's Florida, Vancouver. Easiest spread uh, of my life. Yeah, this is uh, this one. I think is going to be a quick one. Um, I will uh, I'll phone in Avril's preds. I'll, I'll, you know, touch the intercom and, and speak to the, the God himself. Um, he's he's currently sitting with with leave and uh, Prita and just all of the the APAC homies, you know, tuning in, Some shooting the preds over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we I speak for all of us when uh, I, I say that uh, this is a 3-0. Avril has it a 3-0 for the mayhem. I have it a 3-0 for the mayhem. Yiska, is there any hope for the just or not the justice, the uh, Titans? We'll get to the justice. God damn. Now the, the Robin Hood is going hard in me. <laughs> they weren't that bad against the uprising. They were very bad against the Spitfire. Yeah. Also, now is that is that just because, you know, London has their weird Rhine style? Maybe caught him off guard? Do you give him a map? Give him control, maybe? Just because variants? thing is let me let me let me evaluate the occurrences of three zeros in the meta meta game we had mm -hmm. one two three four five six six of 13 matches which is less than the average amount of three zeros if i'm looking mm -hmm. at the qualifiers of three zeros some of them were were surprising difference here mm. no that's a three zero i'm sorry <laughs> 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 I think he was very charitable in saying that. I I think there are some ways that you know Titans can squeak out a map. I think you know control in general is is very high variance. You know I think so the regular viewers will uh, remember the it's just control memes. Um, but I do think there is some bearing on just you know control going kind of haywire, getting getting away from you, and it's hard to kind of come back from that, right? Like it, it's very real. However form from the titans just doesn't doesn't give me a ton of hope right now hopefully we see something from them maybe against new york um but it, against the mayhem i i have some a team that i rate quite highly i just just don't see it just don't see it mm. any any final thoughts there yes i think this one's pretty clean yeah i think this one is probably um i mean there's there's always like the p potential that titans gets it together especially with that dps line but mm -hmm. man, like, I don't know. Uh, if if the maim can keep it above bar, and everything yeah. is legal, I think this is a legal three zero. That's this amazing. is a very legal all, all all legal Overwatch moves in this one. The only thing illegal is the Titans. Pretty raw after that. Anyways, going into our next game. Now this one is where things get a little spicy. Things get a little serious. We have the Houston Outlaws, a member of the Circle of Suck, with mm -hmm. uh, the Toronto and the Justice and the Dallas, you know, all those teams kind of just feeding off each other. They have to play the six, uh, 
Are they six and oh? Yeah, they are six and oh. Six and oh, San Francisco Shock aiming for another golden stage. Yiska, the outlaws have a shot in hell. I think they do, man. Mm. I'm, I'm feeling something here. I don't think. Okay. Hmm. See, the, the thing with. It, it was very weird seeing people evaluate Shock as like one of the top tier teams. I don't think they were as dominant as the rain were given that opposition they Agreed. faced, despite like, of course, winning both their games clean. Mm. But at the same time, I don't know, man. This is the the outlaws have also demonstrated that they're kind of good. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is you got to give it to Shock, but it's not as three zero. It's Struggling if I'm giving a three one or three two, honestly. Um close. This is a close one. I am going to say three one for the San Francisco Shock. Okay, so I think we all tend to agree. It's just the the, the minor quibbles on where we may disagree. Avril coming in, you know, uh, reading reading the tea leaves, seeing the constellations. Uh again, somebody who is big on proper. But equally big on some of this Houston DPS line. I think the the Don Tank may have boosted them in his rankings. I think uh, if I had to guess, I think that he's hoping that you know Houston maybe slows it down a little bit, plays a little bit more reserved, doesn't uh, ca get caught out like uh, Toronto may have opened them up. So giving them a couple maps, Avrahiz is three two for the shock. Um, Houston striking a blow because again, you know San Francisco. Had had some interesting looks, and that's where like I feel very you know confident in this pick as well. I have the exact same prediction as Avril. I have a three two. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think what really confused me with the shock. Granted, yes, they played two very easy opponents. I don't think you know anybody would would argue that. The one thing I will say, and and I have been kind of insufferable about it, was the Ike versus London kind of left me a little confused. Um, I don't think it's a 5v5 thing or an Overwatch 2 thing. It just didn't seem like they necessarily respected where they were taking their fights. It, it felt very... I think people are going to draw a lot of conclusions to like the, the the proper flank. I think that was entirely correct. And I think that's exactly how you should play that composition. It was more the dives in these like very tight chokes um, instead of trying to play to their pace, trying to break that shield, burn those resources out. It seemed like they were just very happy to try and run in there and just diff them in mechanics. And it worked out. But I don't think that's something that they can do against the the outlaws. And I think if they consistently, if if I'm correct in saying that maybe they're you know, disrespecting their opponents a little bit. I think they can't do that against Houston. And I think Houston is going to catch them off guard in, in some of these engagements. We have seen Houston be very aggressive. So shock has to kind of come prepared. I'm going to, I think they're Houston's going to leave a dent, but shock probably ends up taking it. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate the three, two either. I'm, I'm struggling here. I feel like I've uh, betrayed my reputation as the Robin hood and giver of <laughs> free maps. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like honestly, like that that match against Toronto kind of shook me a little, mm -hmm. because like you, I mean, you must have been ready to like sort of give the outlaws a little bit more credence. This sort of started like sure. last year, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I think the the it's very easy for this outlaws roster to run into problems if if doomfist is like the inferior tank down the line and mm -hmm. it is actually winston i don't know like a lot can happen in a week of scrims and i haven't been locked into them yet but um, right yeah i think i think shock just ah uh, the thing is like if houston takes this i'm also not super surprised honestly Ooh, okay I think in See, my I, mind, this I is like a 70-30. Sure, yeah, but like winning the series as a whole, like that would be pretty surprising if the 30 won over the 70, yeah? Like, I think that's safe to say. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I think that like this is one of those, and this is something that I mentioned yesterday for those, you know, who watched yesterday's podcast. Um, I hinted at, but I think this is one of those games that I think maps are going to play a gigantic role. 
where if Houston can skirt away mm. from things like Circuit Royal, things like, um, I mean, let's just pull them up. That's the thing, though. Like, wouldn't it theoretically be pretty good for them to get? Uh... No, because then Dante has to come out. Yes, but then Piggy comes in with the Sigma. Yes, but then you have to play into Kilo. And Merit is no slouch, but I would trust Kilo thus far mm. in terms of like the dedicated hit scan performance. I, I definitely don't I don't disregard Piggy entirely, but looking at what they've shown thus far, you right, you want to continue to run the Don tank as much as you can. I don't think Piggy is a slouch. Yeah. But I think the the gear shifting has never been something that I've been you know too fond of i'm looking at you boston i don't think three main tanks is three playable main tanks is something to to, to continue to do i'll i'll tell you straight up if they actually play sigma and then uh, with piggy and then dante mm -hmm. actually plays the dps instead of merit and that works i'm blown away yes that would be that would be surprising right, right? If like you can if you can manage that that's that's impressive yeah, that, like you're practicing two completely different roles. No, mm -hmm. I would say, like, okay, if you were to play Doom as tank, and then next week we're playing Genji, okay, that's less of an issue with me. Now, if you're playing the soldier, now my mind is blown. Because I feel like those mechanically are very different, and mindset-wise. So if, if he was to do that and have Pelican... Like, nah, that then, okay, then this is a new dimension of this team. And then I have to seriously reconsider what they're capable of. Or what Dante is capable of, to be fair. I mean, I think this in general, like the Don tank is. I don't know where to sit with it when it comes to like how to extrapolate this to maybe like a team like Soul. We looked at Smurf again. Avril on the show has been very bullish on him. I have been a little bit more reserved on, you know, where else he can play. The Winston seems to be a great pick, and that's something that, you know, Smurf is going to excel at when we get to APAC. Um, but is there a world where that Zarya composition, where that Doomfist maybe is in the better hands of a prophet? Maybe is a better hands? I mean, it'd be weird to see Stryker on it, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility now when you see one team do it and then you hear Dante say, oh, we got it from another team who's doing it before us. So it's, it's not completely unfounded um but I, I really don't know if we're gonna see that continuously is, is that something you kind of have on your radar mm. role fluidity i don't think that should over a longer period i i, I just think it's uh, maybe i think generally and this is me having read uh, a book recently called range um okay the capacity of some players to be able to have a wider range of abilities. Hmm. Like, there's, there's good data to think that different domain knowledge helps you in each particular domain. Meaning, apply to Overwatch, if you play a tank well and have the mechanical ability to do sick sh shit on DPS as well, there, there's an argument to be made that this will make you a better player overall. I'm not sure if you have enough hours in the gate to grind the particular mechanics in order for that extra boon of insight to really manifest. Because I think especially 5v5, but generally Overwatch, is just such a heavily grind-focused game that switching too much feels like there's diminishing returns there. But maybe there are some free... Like, okay, this is me on zero scrim bucks, but I'm kind of interested to see what... A game like uh, a team like Soul will do, uh, sure. in terms of like profit being put onto Doom, and then profit being back on um, on let's say I don't know like Genji or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we have to think back like the the switches. Someone like Profit was capable of that. Yes. During during Goats, we had him on Brig, and then we had him on Zarya. Mm -hmm. And then, like when D uh, DPS matters came around, he switched back to that. So some players inherently seem capable with r limited runtime to, you know, sort of bring almost top top tier performances on heroes with 
limited ramp up time, I mm -hmm. still need to need to see it demonstrated, and I still think ideally you focus on one role, and that will mm. generally produce the better outcomes. Just because Overwatch is such a high grind heavy game that requires you to lock into the mechanics and keep up every day. Skipping a day is already putting you pretty far behind. Exactly. And I think the only vector that I think I'm a little concerned about, especially, again, initially early, um, is how difficult it sounds mm. like some of these tank players are having, um, finding like a good time to learn their their counterparts' roles, right? Whether it be space coming out and saying it's difficult to, to kind of learn the monkey when I don't have enough scrim time to warrant me playing over somebody like Reiner, right? um and then you look at these single tank lineups and it's like okay well piggy does he have enough time does he do the, does the team feel as confident as they should trying to put him on this winston or trying to put him maybe on a reinhardt in a later meta right it's it's difficult to say it's probably a team by team basis especially with you know the dps uh players that they have and if they can even play doomfist at a high degree or if they just have to forfeit it and go London route, right? Like it's, it doesn't feel like a clear choice as of yet. And I think the, the best time, if you're a, a supporter of the the DPS running into tank and the, the role fluidity and all that kind of thing is, you know, this early meta, this early kickoff clash and potentially maybe the start of every stage, you know, if, if these patches are going to be as big as maybe we expect them to be, maybe there's some potential there, but that remains to be seen. We're heading on to our last game on Friday, Justice Reign. I think we all have this going one way. Yiska, where do you kind of sit with this? Justice Reign. Can the Justice bounce back after being in the circle suck? Uh, I'm going to be honest. This will be a good game. Ooh. I believe it. Um, I think this is... I mean, you, you'd be you'd be high on some shit if you were to come down and say, like, th this is not Atlanta favored after what we've seen in oh, the last, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like week one. You're now, like... You're on your back foot, and I'm I'm watching you, man. Like if mm -hmm. you got that in your preds, I just assume like you're bad, and you like if you randomly get it right, then I want to see you the end of your uh, season standings because yes. there's no rational reason other than excessive ins uh, insight into scrum box. Now, mm. Binzi, looking at you. <laughs> at the same time, I think I saw something. Uh, that the Justice can bring to the table in the Toronto game. I think if Krillin and uh, Opener can keep it up once again, True. then I'm super excited for this match. The problem mm. is, in my mind, is right. nobody on Rain looked like even debatably yeah. out of place no in this suspects. Meta. While the Justice definitely looked a little sus on uh, in their um, second match against... Help me. The fuel. The fuel. The fuel. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah. I I mean, it's sort of we sort of have demonstrated what they look like against the top team. At least that's that's our best best precedent. Mm. I think. Okay. It's going to be a close three-one. And that's exactly how Avril has it as well. He has it a three-one. I think. What does Avril think? Avril th think thinks this is more like drunken boxing, where Atlanta <laughs> throws one match, one map mm -hmm. away, and then plays serious. I don't think he, he thinks this is a close one. I'm interpreting Could his character here. I'm, I'm emulating his personalities right in my head, and I, I feel like as the Atlanta fanboy that he is, he probably thinks they're just like goofing off and will lose one. Could be. I think that's that's well within the the realm of possibility. You saw them kind of you know play a little bit more loose versus Florida, and you know they got caught off guard. Um, when you, I think if I had to guess, Avril probably echo a lot of those same points that you mentioned. Krillin looked genuinely good. Like that backline is not something to sleep on. Decay is up there with the best of them. Can can hang. Mag seems to be you know performing well enough, and. Yeah, why not give them a map? They're they're good enough for a map. However, um, Joe, to put my go? brain back in, I don't think so. I uh, think this is I think this is a wash. <laughs> I do not, and this is the thing I mentioned yesterday, right? I need to see something change for the justice, and that is their tempo. 
They cannot play slow. Mm. You watch and and again, I'm holding people to this because I'm going to say something that is that is very very like researchable. You can look at this. Go and watch Mag every single engage. Yeah. He only counter bubbles. And but what I mean by counter bubble is he's engaging and leaping after the Winston, after the the enemy Winston engages on his team and he leaps on the Winston and he puts the bubble in front of them. Mm -hmm. Right. He cuts the Ana off and they only bust tanks. Mm -hmm. Washington Justice are a tank buster team and they can't do anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. When they play the Doomfist. okay, that's a little bit different. Right. When they play the Zarya. eh, I'm really not here for it. Right. Kalios could probably be benched for this stage and I'd be okay with that. Mm. What I need to see from the Justice is exactly what I need to see from them last year. It is a sense of proactivity. You look at somebody like someone, you look at somebody like Fearless, they can show you that style where they're going to counter bubble you. There are certain maps or certain points. There's architecture that makes it very beneficial to counter bubble. But that cannot be the only thing that gets you into these games. If I had to guess, and you know, Harsha tweeted about this and how compositions are maybe... Uh, leveraged it a little too hard on, but I'm going to be, you know, the center here. I'm going to be the compositional Andy. Uh, I'm going to say Atlanta probably picks a lot of Reaper here and punishes the hell out of Mag for doing anything and everything, right? If he wants to come in and try to bubble off Hawk, there's a Reaper in his face. There's a Doomfist in his face. He's getting bullied. He's getting picked off. He's getting purpled. I mean, it's a wash. Let's just switch then. Go to the Doom comp. I think that that's already like forcing, forcing a team to switch and make that change, I think is already a win for Atlanta. If you can get Mag off of a hero that he should be fantastic at and that, sh- again, Justice are probably banking on him playing just like the Dallas Fuel, which we will get to, uh, I think that is a is a strategic win for Atlanta. It's the problem, though. You didn't listen to Mag. He's not just a great Winston. He's also a great Doomfist. I will I will believe that when I see it consistently. If I if right. it, again, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, whatever happened last season, Justice, it happened last season. Thus far, it has been very measured and it is very clear on what they're trying to do. They're trying to bust tanks. They're trying to get picks that way. They're not trying to dive the Ana so much. Look at their games. How often are they out there killing Ana? It's not all that often. They're killing Fearless. They're pressuring him out. They're creating space that way. I worry that Atlanta not only has picked up on that, but Hawk is going to like metaphorically and physically fist him off this map. Mm. Uh, That's smile. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> I think. Spade spade. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very likely. I think this. That Atlanta looked too good, man. They legitimately looked That's like the I'm best saying. team in, in an A last. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, I don't also don't want to see what happens if. Uh, uh, that's not even. This, yeah, we will see. I mean, felt like mayhem got them a little bit off off kilter for a second. And then, you know, am I wrong? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think and then Mayhem Roadhog have, map happens. Well, yes, the Roadhog map happens. You know, if, if anything, that was probably the most illegal Overwatch that was shown last week. Um, literally nothing done. It's an interesting look, but on that map, that architecture, that specific, you know, composition, I am here for some cheese. I am here for some goofy plays, but that ain't it, Chief. Mm. Um, but on control, Florida has very strong fundamentals with the soldier Genji comp, right? Like they, they look very good. Someone's leading that charge. And by someone, I mean the main tank of the Florida mayhem. God, this, this name is going to be very confusing for people. I know, but like Florida in general, look solid. They can kind of contend with the best of them. And again, control is very, very variance heavy. If you win that first fight, you have a good shot at, at winning the sub map. So you can get kind of caught off guard. And I feel like that was Atlanta, mm. but then you see the Gibraltar. Then you see how the rest of the match played out. It was, a little bit more decisive, especially, you know, granted, uh, Atlanta did some adaptation. So any final thoughts when it comes to Atlanta? You really think this is going to be a close one? Um, It's going to be a good one. I'm not sure how close, okay. but yeah, I think it's going to be. And no, no, I think that could be a close three one. OK, fair play. I'm, I'm here for it. I, again, I don't want to I don't want to shit on any team. Yeah. I want to see something different from the justice. The out here is to be more proactive. I see a higher tempo from the justice. That's a gold star for me. Okay. Going into Saturday. Ooh. You have the Uprising and the London Spitfire to start the day at 3 p.m. This is rough, bro. It is rough. It is a little rough around the edges. This me, isn't going to be the, the most clean Avril shot. Give me the Avril shot. I need to... I need to... Avril and I are, are, are 
dead nuts on. This is a 3-1 uprising. Um, I think if I had to guess, Avril's not necessarily too big on the one-trick Rhine BS that London's throwing at the wall. Yeah. I think that's their best look, and I think like that's exactly how they need to play. But going back to what we said earlier about the maps and how that can run into things, if you just don't get, let's say, a Lijong Tower, if you have to play Ilios, right? If you don't get a maybe a Dorado, maybe you're forced to play Washpoint Gibraltar and Poco has to come out, right? There are maps for London specifically that they would love to just like cut from the pool and only play stuff that's going to kind of facilitate that Reinhardt. Um, you look at Midtown. Midtown's not necessarily fantastic when it compared to King's Row and probably their best pick in Eichenwald, right? They're, it feels like their style is very map dependent and could be suspect to everything that Boston's thrown out there from the Zarya, from the Dive. Like They have kind of thrown out the gambit and you know, just from the playbook, just from form, granted, Uprising did go 3-2 versus the Titans. That can't be ignored. Uh, they've they've shown some good looks where London is is kind of a one-trick pony. If I had to guess, that's probably where he's given them a map. Maybe their their best map. Maybe they get Eichenwald. Maybe they get a good control. Maybe they get, you know, Nightmare Kid and Control Center back to back, a quick, you know, swift 2-0. Uh, but in the long run, Boston have the fundamentals, they have the better meta compositions. Probably should take this, right? Uh yeah, I think generally speaking, you have to give it to Boston. If 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 London continues to adapt and you know they they showcase a little bit more, I think this is to kind of reference Avril's points, you know, about five v five last show yesterday's recording. Um, I think this game is probably going to be the most viewable experience. If I if I'm gonna you know say that, I think okay. this is going to be a very slow tempo game. I think London again is probably going to continue to run out that Reinhardt and Boston. To my point, I've mentioned this previously. Are the better Zarya team or one of the better Zarya teams in the league? I would say the best as of right now. And I think you're going to see that dichotomy kind of play out. Whether or not you know Punk has to swap to the Rhine if they can kind of abuse the Zarya, maybe. Maybe the diva comes out, maybe a Sigma. It's it's going to be very different from what everybody else is playing. It feels very like in their own meta pocket, in their own right. kind of Chengdu zone. Right. And I think it, it is going to be a little bit more slower comparatively to the field. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think my my thing is you have to give it to Boston. I just don't know how high. Sure. Um, yeah, no, I think I think three one sounds good. Hmm. Yeah. Everyone is. I think. Yeah. I think we all probably are pointing in the same direction. Um, wasn't necessarily super big on the backbone, but there again, Boston has the three, the actual three starting main tanks, depending on what have you. This feels like a an evolved form of Houston Outlaws flex support from God knows how long ago, where it's like, oh well, Rockus plays over this, and then no, 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 just play one thing. You don't need the gear shifting, like find it and let it rock. And it seems to be punk is that that player for them. So hopefully sure uh, yep. that kind of tightens up. But second game coming into Saturday at 430 estimated. This is where things get a little bit, a little bit more interesting. We have the Los Angeles Gladi- Gladiators coming in to fight the Dallas Fuel. Dallas coming off of a homestand or a game, I guess, you know, in their home state. I think that was more for Houston. Um, Getting 3-0'd, but bouncing it back against the Justice. Glads across the board look okay, but things get a little interesting when you pair them against each other. Where you got this one going, Yiska? This is such a good game, man. This one, yes. I will agree with you that this one's the, the, the banger of the week. That's probably the best match we had so far this season. Possibly. Ooh, bro. I I didn't think Ants would be here yet, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is hard. I think I got to give it to Glads. Interesting. And now Avril is, go- of course, going to hate this. Maybe he even whiplashed so hard into his take that he gives this like a 3-0 or some in- <laughs> insane prediction just to double down. Mm-hmm. But... I feel like this is a 3-2 Glads because 
the Dallas Fuel need to lose half their matches in order to win the first tournament. Mm-hmm. And this is the second game that they lose. Um, I think these teams have scrimmed each other before. I okay. think Fanny Astro also told me that he thought the Fuel or the Rain would give them the most challenge. He okay. said that they're probably like a good stage one for them would be losing only one match. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he was making room for the possibility of losing to the Fuel because their scrim results were uh, against them directly were indicating that, but mm. I don't know, man. Reiner looked great. Um, I think the fact that Arns is here already is pretty scary, especially once you get into Widow Shenanic. Bro, this is once again one of those where you need the maps. Like, if you have the maps, then this is a completely different story. I'm a little mm. concerned whenever pa- Paddy has to come out in terms yep. of not that he doesn't have the class yet, but he doesn't seem to have the confidence yet to uh, do what he also does in scrims. Mm. So, man, Shu looked great as well. Good. Astro Statistically a- as well, check out the grab bag. You know, there's some flex support statistics in there that, that definitely, you know, shines a lot of love on you know people like Finn and Shu. At the same time, man, that it's still Sparkle. True. I would love to see more Hanbin Doom. Uh, I don't I like agree. that, Edison. Uh, so, nah, nah. This is it, like it's too early f- for me to see large improvements on Dallas side. I'm going three two. Uh, but. Wow, I, I that's that. This is one of those games or the, one of the matches that I was like very convinced that this was going to be spicy for me. And both you and Avril have the exact same prediction. Damn, the exact same map score. We all have it three two going Gladiators way. And I think for a lot of those same reasons, right? Um, I'll go a little bit more granular into Dallas, where their match against Justice for me did not scream confidence. You look at their gardens in particular. I sent this to a few different people and I I just had to vent into the ether at how confusing both teams were, to be honest. Right. Justice were very odd in terms of how they were touching at the last second. And it kind of just looked like a mess. Whereas Dallas had some really odd sync issues where Fearless is taking way too much damage, having to like get nano boosted out of the fight. Right. Like he's he's bubbling late. They break his bubble and he's jumping out. And it's there's there's this 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 cohesion, this this sync up with the team that isn't necessarily there yet. And I think you see this when they played uh, Hanbin on Zarya on Midtown versus Houston, where they're just kind of like first fight. They're sitting in the train car. They're kind of plinking and poking away. And it's just like, you guys have to get to the point somewhere sometime. What's going on? And then Hanbin goes flying out the car because, you know, Dante punches him out, hits him with a you know fat right. And it, it, it this is not the same thus far. This is not the same Dallas fuel as it was last year. For whatever reason, this meta has kind of caught in them and thrown them for a loop where there are, like you said, there are some maps where you kind of need this Widowmaker. You kind of need the Sigma. You kind of need to be able to flex around to these other picks. You look at, you know, maybe even Dorado against Houston Outlaws. What's Fearless to do against a Far Mercy, guys? Is there anybody else that can kind of contest that? Because we don't have another flex tank. We, you know, as, to Yiska's point, the, the hits can's kind of getting shoved into a locker. Like it's, you know, recess all over again. What's this team to do? They have, they're starting from such a like weirdly, and I don't mean to say low, but like they're starting farther behind in terms of the meta read than the gladiators are. I am not necessarily all that confident in the gladiators either. I think this one is kind of a toss up, but they have the, the, the prevalence of, you know, maps like circuit Royal and a lot of these escort maps allowing for the Widowmaker to come in. They're at least a little bit more coordinated when it comes to the soldier Genji dive Patty. Yes, I agree a little bit suspect in terms of how often he's dying, how often he's getting picked early. But I think we're, we're all of the same mindset that glads have a better early read and that should pay off, you know, in the long, you know, not the long run in the short term, if anything, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and maybe upsetting the Dallas fuel here where a lot of people are maybe priding them and expecting them to kind of bounce back and, and figure it out, which they could do again. I think this one is close to a 50, 50 as, as it gets. And the only, the only difference is, you know, 
there, there are some slight edges for gladiators. So it's it's it, it feels very of the same mindset so far. But I'm proud we'll of Avril, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was I was genuinely surprised when he sent that in. You know, you know, to to view behind the curtain for a maybe, moment. Avril maybe it's the away and... cluster headaches that brought him to the right side. <laughs> maybe it, it very well could be. Maybe he just uh, uh, unlocked savant mode and like now he just has only correct takes and none mm. of them no dive like the Dallas best team in the world. <laughs> I can say I, these I things mean, because he's not here. Exactly. I think this is this is like the whole community narrative and people sliding in DMs going, oh, wake Avril up, lol, lol, lol. It's like, bro, we had him, we had that team literally one spot below where he was like, let's, let's, let's calm it down a little bit. Um, but if this goes the way that maybe we all think it will, I think this is going to be a big wake up call for the Dallas Fuel and there's, there's still room for them to come back, right? This mm -hmm. isn't, they're not count out. This is not elimination mode. Like this is a team that can perform. And has you know done a lot with a little in the past, so hopefully they can kind of bounce back. Mm. It's it's just looking a little too tight as it stands right now. But as we round out Saturday, we're kind of slowing down again. We've got the New York Excelsior versus the Vancouver Titans. Is this where the Titans score a map, Yuska? Oh, I think that's the right question because I don't think they have a chance. <laughs> you don't think they score a map? No, I, Robin Hood himself says no maps. I. I think the question is correct in you don't ask who wins this. No, of course not. Um, yeah, they do score a map. I think that's a 3-1. Again, we all have it 3-1. Um, there's really not much to dive into here, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, and I think Avril so probably would not. say the same. <laughs> it's There's really not much here. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe this is a weird, you know, the Zarya pick comes out for New York again and Yaki has an underperformance and Vancouver can score two maps. But yeah. like in the long stretch, New York probably takes this. So it's it's kind of a kind of a wash. Watch your Preds. This is this is a very clear two pointer, but to shoot for the three is, is a little bit more difficult. So you got to give them a map, right? OK. Next Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Now, where this is, this is another one that I'm like, I feel like I have the, the weird take in the room, but let's see. Sunday starts off 3 p.m. EST. We have the Florida Mayhem versus the Houston Outlaws. Yes, do you want to take this first? Do you want me to go? I go because I think you're going to say some bullshit. Okay. Um, I think this is once again a good match. Yes, agreed. My problem is a little bit that some of the stuff the mayhem do that they're too tricky bro like they're doing too much weird shit you know oh we're playing the roadhog here oh we're violating rules here oh like <laughs> <laughs> or or do they um but at the same time i feel like that's interesting but it's probably an indication of like requiring that because there's some rock solidity that's missing to this team mm. um I think this is a 3-1 Houston. Oh, okay. So we all differ in terms of of one thing. One thing or another, we all pretty much differ. Avro has this going 3-2 to Houston. Okay. I don't hate I think that either. He, yeah, I think he correctly evaluates that Houston is, is very aggressive. They're they're playing high tempo. The Don Tank looks fantastic. Maybe Pelican had a bad day at the office against Toronto. Um, I think all things considered, this is a very skilled team in his mind, and they should be able to put away the Florida Mayhem. Maybe because of some of those reasons, maybe because, you know, they're they're kind of goofing around, doing some some silly stuff, doing picking the funny heroes every so often, right? Um and that's kind of where I'm more charitable. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always been a fan of the creativity. I've always been a fan of flexibility. And the Florida may have showed that in spades, if I'm going to be completely honest. And that is definitely a weapon that I think is going to push them over the edge. So I have this 3-2 mayhem. Uh, one of the big factors that we, I think Avril talked about yesterday on the show, was you know the Don Tank and the the, you know, polarization on oh my god it's the greatest thing ever oh my god piggy needs to come in right in somewhere in the middle there is like a reasonable take that dante 
only being able to play Doomfist is a little suspect, right? And especially with the tempo that he played it against Toronto, they did kind of adapt to it. They did kind of open him up a little bit. If this team can only play mega aggressive, super fast, you know, ridiculously high rhythm games, is Florida have something in the bag to kind of slow them down and punish Dante and kind of like leave them high and dry where they can't make too many swaps, right? What can you do if Dante kind of gets opened up by like a weird Reinhardt composition or some sort of, you know, uh, maybe not a Reaper play, but something that Florida throws at them that kind of really focuses on removing Dante from the table or trying to ignore him as best they can. Is that something that the Houston Outlaws are prepared for? It, it seems like a trap game when you have to prepare for San Francisco and whatever the hell Florida Mayhem is going to throw at you. I think Houston's going to, you know, take a take a rough week here. I I, have, I like Florida a lot here. I don't I don't necessarily know where your head's at. Where you know you're you're wondering where you know something is going amiss, so they have to cheese. Like, did anything from week one kind of uh, message that to you? Was there anything about this team that like left you worried? They played Roadhog. <laughs> they did play Roadhog on Gibraltar. That seemed a little goofy. And there is no defense for that. It was... They were in was... the driver's seat of the series and then pressed the eject button and flew out and then forgot to use their parachute. Agreed. 100%. It, it, that's just what it was. I, I, that was the most illegal thing that I saw from the mayhem personally was, was the mayhem on the, on Gibraltar. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's one of the easiest things to, to notice and go, Hey, someone look, you know, when uh, you miss like two or three hooks and those first fight and a half go awry, maybe it's time to call a comp swap. Right. I think that's something that maybe Majed, you know, you talked about on the co-stream, you know, Sir Majed coming out being the, the, the go-to on a player for this team brings a lot to the team in terms of intangibles. I'm looking at him to kind of rail this team back in when some of these goofy strats don't necessarily work out. By the way, Houston has a tall order. I'm just saying. Now I can say it. This team is much better with Majed than Karif. And this is an animator. I don't want to hear any of, of that other like stuff. Like you, you guys are still sleeping from those two sleep dots. I, like Majet brings more to the uh, team in terms of intangibles. This is just a straight mm. up better team with him. True. And I'm glad that, that this, like in the first last episode, I said like there's one thing that happened that made me more confident on what's ho- uh, happening with the mayhem. And that was Majet getting his visa in time. Mm. Okay. This That, that one's going to be a, a close one, I think. Nobody really feels confident either way. Like, yeah, I could see Houston winning this. I feel strongly that, you know, Mayhem has edges, but I, I definitely understand the, the field of arguments either way, unless you're talking about putting in Kareem and Exe, which I would tell you to maybe uh, avoid me on ranked. I will say that much. Uh, <laughs> anyways, second game for Sunday. We have the New York Excelsior versus San Francisco Shock. Um, eh, this is pretty much shock, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty shock favored. This is three zero shock. Like, oh, okay. N- none of this is like the, the, the shock. I'm not going to fall for that echo shit. Maybe the NYXL have something. Like maybe they they start playing meta. Maybe they figure out something out. I think their solutions for week one were pretty interesting. I want to see them play actual meta compositions. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say Kellen on on the uh, monkey. I want to see Yaki on the Genji. I want to see Flora on the uh, soldier. I think that is, in my mind, that's the best distribution of heroes for this team anyway. Mm-hmm. And if they then can vibe, that's, that's the good part. But... Um, like the the echo stuff, I don't know. I don't think that plays particularly into their strength. I think it's a patchwork uh, patchwork solution to get team synergy and rhythm and mm. color in in order. Not necessarily playing to each player's strength. Maybe they can figure something out. It certainly pro- won't be enough to uh, get in front of the San Francisco Shock, who looked like a top three team uh, in NA. 
uh, in the first week. Mm-hmm. Sam, I mean, he's going to take his lunch, lunch money. It's still proper, bro. Um, Violet doesn't seem to be a weakness on Lucia whatsoever. So, yeah, there's not much attack around here. I think this is... I'm I'm not even rubbing hood, hooding this. This is 3-0 shock. And that's where it's it's interesting. And maybe, you know, the 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 drunkenness maybe has gotten Avril. <laughs> he and I both give New York a map. Okay. We have Robin Hood them, whether it's because of the creative look that they've shown, whether it's because of how, you know, shock hasn't necessarily been tested. And if we assume that, you know, Houston's gonna run them close, maybe we don't necessarily think that their coordination is all that much up to snuff. Um I did appreciate some of their more like direct looks or very like uh, zoomed out kind of like return to zombie against Paris, you know, really trying to play high tempo, getting it all in there, like really trying to focus and hone in on that coordination. Um, And I think the dive mirror for like any team. And I think New York is of the, has the players at the caliber that if everything kind of like aligns for them. And like you're saying, like they have enough time to kind of get everything back in order. They can get off the Zarya echo shenaniganry. Uh, dive has always been really, really tight, really like there's a puncher's chance. It feels like for, for any team, if you just kind of catch the team, you have a better day. They're kind of slumping a little bit. Like it's, it, it really feels like either of these teams could come out on control and, and just kind of brawl with the best of them and maybe squeak out a map. And that's where I have to give New York the look, whether it is because of the goofy Zarya echo stuff, or they just, you know, Yaki and Kellen just gel and click and maybe they play the tracer. Who knows? Right. Right. Um, they they could have some weird looks that maybe throw shock for a loop, but overall, I think we all agree that shock probably takes it pretty cleanly for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then we end the week with a Toronto defiant, a team that has Jekyll and Hyde their way to the, the hearts and minds of the overwatch community somehow, some way. Uh, and the Paris eternal who are a very odd team right now for a number of reasons, some of which we can't get into, but very interesting in terms of what they're playing. So Cisco, where are you kind of sitting with this? Is this a clean sweep for Toronto or are you a little bit more charitable to the, the Frenchman? Nah, this is not a clean sweep. Ah, this is, (laughs) this is a hard one, bro. Mainly because I don't know which Toronto shows up. Sure. Yeah. Mm. I wish I I wish we were to like ask this on Friday before the games and I have like two more days of uh scrim impressions. <laughs> Given that we sure. don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. You know what? You only live once, Joe. Okay. You only need the you only need to be correct on the wild takes. Mm-hmm. in order to gain any relevance in this scene. Very true. But I'm also not suicidally after Cloud, so I'm going 3-2 uh, Toronto. Wow. Okay, you and Avril of the same mind, both having it 3-2 for the Defiant, which is it, it, it is surprising because, yes, they are very much the Jekyll and Hyde team as of week one, right? You, you look at their first game, look at their second game, Two completely different teams. Everybody seems to be awake and online. Their monitors are on. No illegal Overwatch moves. Everything is above board. And you look at the Paris and how, in what world is this that close? Well, um, I think this team is. It's interesting. I don't think like they people try to make it sound like they were one of the worst performing teams of uh the first week. I disagree, but mm-hmm. there's a glaring weakness in Naga. Sure. Um I think not only did he um have an issue with the hero pool, it also doesn't seem like he studied up well. 
Okay. So I'm I'm concerned there. And that's also a big differentiator from them and mid-tier teams. I think mm-hmm. the Lister look good. Honestly, like I'm I'm kind of impressed with Dan once again. Mm-hmm. Um who who looked pretty good. I think Dredro is probably pretty underrated generally. He's like a faith type player. And then, then it's still Khan, you know? Yep. So, yeah, that's a lot of hopium here. <sighs> Maybe they find a solution. Um, mm-hmm. Like what, what but do like, you mean? Like comp or... Yeah, I mean, okay. it's also, once again, like what kind of finale shows up? Is it the finale that coordinates very well with Muse or is it the finale that sure. drops spaghetti? I think there's a lot of less pressure in this match. So maybe he's just going to have a field day. Um, the backline, I mean, that's still it's still such a yeah. I think three two is already pretty bullish on Paris. I'm not going yes. to have my my cloud chasing push me into predicting Paris here, but mm. yeah. What what did you say? Three two as well. I th- no, you and Avril have this three two. I have this three one for a lot of those same reasons that we're bigging up Toronto, right? Like I feel like this is a team that you know has regained some confidence. Maybe it's a you know just a, a an opening map jitter fest versus the Justice. Maybe had a hard time trying to get proactive plays off because Ag is out there trying to bust tanks and really trying to bubble off. Um, you know, this this front line. It's it's difficult to win. You don't have that tank. We talked last show about how teams are focusing on not only just busting tanks, but Ana is also a very big target. The reason why Ana is, or the reason why you can play for like tank busting is because you're removing the Ana from the table with the, the, the counter bubble. And perhaps Toronto found some difficulty in that perhaps had some, you know, stage or opening day jitters. Uh, if you want to call it that, I think that's more than charitable. If you're going to talk about Dallas in the same breath. Um, and, Again, the team that showed up versus the Houston Outlaws, a team that I think we all value pretty highly, especially with Dante leading the charge, allowing them to dive, has has a lot of room to 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 genuinely put away a team at Paris's caliber. I don't think they're particularly all that strong at the moment. I agree, a lot of it comes from Naga. Um, I think their engages are a little bit frontward facing when it comes to Glister. They seem very bullish on just having him run in there with the nano visor and trying to create space that way and having the tank almost support him um which results in him getting slept often or maybe even picked out quite a bit so it's not it's not a bad thing i think there are other you know looks where they're juggling multiple you know objectives very well against who did they play last week was it the you know florida mayhem on midtown they did pretty well for the most part, but it was still very, very messy. And I don't think this Toronto roster is going to be taking too many steps backwards as much as I shit on them in the preseason, right? Like what I saw from them versus Houston, you know, made me believe in the top five dream. So I don't, I just can't give Paris too many maps unless something crazy happens, unless something mm. wild occurs. Um, and they just take scrims by storm. Um, I didn't care for the the diva look on control versus the shock. I don't really care for Naga. Everything else is like pretty much fine. There's just more upside for Toronto. I, I, I just see them doing well. I'd be interested to see if like J Mac can once again pull one off out of his stat uh, strat book and just like find some compositions at least on some maps. And yes, I know that's there's a little bit of hypocrisy there, like <laughs> faulting. Florida for the same, doing the same thing. But like, I still think like teams like that on that level Mm. as Paris, I don't think that's true for Mayhem, um, need some upside to them, some flavor. And I think that's also what made Paris strong last season, right? Yes. Yes. They were quite all across the board. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think they can find a Farrakhan that works, but if they did, now, now I'm thinking differently, right? I don't I don't hate where your head's at, to be honest with you. I was I was trying, you know, 
to be devil's advocate, how do we advocate for Paris? What do we, you know, how do we, you know, puppeteer J Mac into trying to get this game a little bit closer? I don't hate trying to mirror maybe what London's doing on certain maps, right? Mm. Really changing the pace of the game, really removing this divey dive mirror that everybody seems so hell bent on doing, right? Mm. The Doom is a, is a different look and that, you know, should be talked about in a separate breath, but really separating the the color away really trying to change up what they may be facing in scrims if toronto are only playing dive v dive in scrims do they know how to play against them to slower compositions who knows i would imagine so mm. but changing that up really changes some, some 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 things around again when you look at that houston dallas game you did see some farah there is some war and you know it may not be the strongest pick in the world but if muse comes in let's say on a map quite like dorado right and you see him running around on the Winston, right? Is is it all that bad for the Paris Eternal to maybe attack with Afara, much like the Houston Outlaws did, and draw that question in the Toronto's mind and say, look, are you going to leave Glister to try and be on, you know, the Far Mercy duty? Or do you make a tank swap? And if you do make a tank swap, cool. We're very cool with that. We don't want Muse on Winston. We would very much like him to be off a comfort pick, be off one of his power picks. Maybe that comes into the vogue. Again, <laughs> as much as Chengdu Bob is, is, has died for the most part with, with how that team has progressed, the, the lessons that they, Sag, very much, God bless a Prita, um, the lessons that they have kind of taught the league and, and some of these other teams as well, Atlanta, I, I think, you know, criminally underrated when it comes to styles. New York from season one as well um have a lot to showcase when it comes to like punching above your weight right when you look at toronto they're already kind of suspect again playing devil's advocate here jekyll and hyde if you throw them a curveball maybe on control maybe on escort maybe it's the fara maybe it's a reinhardt may something or other to try and get naga back on a comfort pit maybe it's the echo right throwing them something out of the ordinary i think would pay them dividends in this you know, this head to head and could put Toronto back on their ass. It's it's tough to figure out what that might be, but I think it's better than trying to match them in the mirror where they kind of look a little little janky. Any final thoughts with Paris? Anything I mean that we, we may have missed? I'll be honest. This is the game where I expect my pred to change by the time I lock in on Friday. Like, <laughs> OK, is, I think like my my pred is not necessarily indicative of what what it will be in the actual pick him will not necessarily be indicative of what, what mm. I just said. Um, also, I think it's generally a better idea to give yourself yeah, you want to play those by as long as possible to. Uh... Yeah. By the way, this is one thing that I think the Overwatch League actually did very well is that teams don't actually have trap weeks. Both of these teams just have one match this uh, this weekend, right? Well, certain teams have one match, and then you have the Houston Outlaws who have to play Florida and Shock. Um. So it's a little bit trappy. Did they wait? Florida and Shock. Same week, yeah, week two. Right, but Florida also plays Vancouver and Shock also plays two matches. That's why... Sure. They, right? Like, I'm saying trap ma matches in terms of one team plays one match and another team plays two a matches. team plays two. Okay, right? that's fair. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of nice that they manage it for mm. now. Um, but, yeah, I think, generally speaking... Um, I think enjoy or savor the moment in which we still like have a manageable amount of games because we're soon to start just going overdrive with the APEC games as well and they have to catch up. Yep. Um, I think, man, am I looking forward to the Dallas and Gladiators match and I'm hoping mm. to get a post-match interview after that because, ah, man. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to, I kind of want to see. Mm. Uh, I hope it, it. I hope it keeps up to the hype. Um, expecting big things from the Florida Houston series. I think Eternal Defined could be a good game. I think honestly, Spitfire and Uprising is not without question that it could be a good one. Outlaw Shock, like the general quality of those matches, is pretty high for the low amount of matches that we have. So, pretty much all of this is watchable, other than you know. The usual suspects. So yeah, True. I, I think this is going to be a pretty sweet weekend.
much agreed there. I think there are some some very tangible things that I really want to see for some teams. Again, Justice, I need to see some productivity. Atlanta, I think, just needs to stay the course. If they can keep form, I think they're nearly shoe-ins to at least to be in the finals for kickoff clash, and I don't think that's really up for debate. I don't think that maybe even the two of you would debate with me. Avril, I didn't think so. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver Titans, probably the worst team, and I think they're probably going to continue that way. Um... Dallas, I'd like to see return to, you know, monkey return to, you know, the, mm-hmm. the quick pace that we mm-hmm. we saw and we loved from them. Um, I think it's within them, but it may just be, you know, latent may have to come at week three, week four, you know, really ramping up. And yeah, I agree. A lot of these, a lot of the same games again, keep my eye on Florida, loving what I'm seeing. Uh, just try not to catch a fine. And yeah. Pretty much. It's going to be another very, very exciting week. Again, probably expect the unexpected if I had to guess. Uh, make a couple bold pro- couple bold predictions. Let us know. Leave a comment. Like and subscribe. Uh, it's going to be 2.32. Um, we'll catch you next week for uh, week three predict- predictions and previews. So we will see you then. Peace.